With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammonds here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number, episode 131. Kevin, what are we going with this week? Sex and the City. Saints and the City. It was Saints and the City. Why did you say sex in the city? I've just got sex on the brain all the time. (laughs) 
Great. Okay, we're not talking about sex today. Today we are talking about our trip to the Etihad from Saturday afternoon. We have the usual news segments uh, and we bring in Tim later to prepare us for two games next week. A third round Carabao Cup tie at Sheffield United and next Sunday's home game against Wolves. Joining me, as always, is the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. How are you this week? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit rough. Well, you might be able to tell by my voice. You so, are sounding um, a bit Barry White-like. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> as is tradition on uh, Sunday records, uh, I'm a little bit hungover, but I don't feel too bad. I've got a nice cup of tea here, so... Yeah. And did, did you uh, partake in some alcoholic beverages during the game yesterday? Uh, yeah, quite a few. We, we, I, it was a birthday party, and I've, I've never played this before. You ever done this? Oh, it was wine roulette. Um, you have uh, like poker chips or casino chips, and you have to put a bet on like which country you think it's from, and uh, or, or what what vintage it is, what grape it's made from, whether it's been aged or whatever. Um, yeah, the guy's birthday was, uh, he, he works for a, a wine importing company, so he's, he's quite an expert on wines. So yeah, wine tasting roulette. Sounds um, excellent. I did actually see it on Instagram. I thought, this is, this is. Oh, ah, right. Good. Yeah. I mean, I got totally hammered, but yeah, didn't, didn't win at all. Uh, we were doing quite well and then I just put. Or maybe you one. did win. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, by the by, the, you get to the sixth glass. You know, I, I really don't care about this game anymore. <laughs> to be honest, oh, some of them taking it, it lost really again. seriously. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, how are you in general, apart from yesterday? Um, yeah, like I said just I feel a bit rough, a bit busy with work, but I'm you know, on the whole, yeah, life's good. How are you? I'm going to ask you this week. How are you? <laughs> good. I'm all right. Yeah, just been busy with work. All good. All good. Busy week next week though, with with work and with um with football because as I said we've got two games next week so um yeah I've got to try and squeeze some sleep in somewhere um before we get into the news this week uh, a quick reminder um if you appreciate what we do and you feel that you'd like to buy us a pint uh, then please head to our buy me a coffee page that's buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number um yeah we really appreciate your uh your donations. Yeah, make mine a double. I think you've had enough. <laughs> hair of the dog might be fun. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, let's get into the news then. This is ITN in that number news. Okay then, ITN news. Uh, not an awful lot of news to go through this week, Kev. It's been quite a quiet week. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, no news is, is good news, I suppose. I suppose, yeah. Um, but I will say about Will Smallbone, he's back in training. I don't know if you've seen any of the images, um, as yeah. is Shane Long from, from his COVID. Um, that's great to see, especially for Smallbone with that ACL tear, you know, eight months out. Um, he could actually be in contention for that Sheffield United game. So that, to see it. that would be nice, wouldn't it? If he's in the starting lineup, I'd be really, really happy with that. But yes, Theo and Stuart Armstrong still remain out. Armstrong, probably another couple of weeks, Ralph says. Um, he's also said that we've got alternatives, so there's no ne- real need to rush him and, and, you know, give him the time that he needs to recover completely because it's muscle problems as well, isn't it? So no need to rush. Absolutely. Uh, yesterday, you may have seen Jack Stevens uh, limped off. After yeah. 37 minutes, a knee injury. It is the knee injury. Cause it, it is a knee injury, yeah. They were kind of mixed reports. I mean, he has had problems with his knee before, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit wild. I mean, we're still waiting to hear the full extent of it, but hopefully it's not too bad because 
I mean, he's been pretty damn important lately, hasn't he? Played every single minute this season. And, you know, we're on a run of, of clean sheets. He's a massive part of that. We were undefeated since that opening day. And it, I mentioned last week, he was my man of the match against West Ham. So mm. I think it's a big loss at the moment. But we have Bednarek. We have Salisu. Uh, and maybe, um, who knows, maybe Lianko will now get a start at Bramall Lane. Yeah, I'm, I really hope that we do get to see Lianko at Bramall Lane. Just a question of who alongside... Uh, Bednarik or Salisi? Probably Bednarik, I think. I would say so. Give Salisi a break. But Kev, are, are you concerned with, with Stephen's absence now? I mean, are, are you feeling okay with, with Bednarik and Salisu in the league? I mean, after yesterday, you can't complain, right? Certainly not. And yeah, we have got Lianko there as backup as well. So yeah, I mean, there's not really a position um, where we've got a concern that you know, we're one injury short of not being able to fill it. That's what that's what they're there for. I mean, OK, let's let's just say that Ralph would have rested Stevens for Sheffield United anyway, because like I've said, he's played every minute of the Premier League so far. Not a problem, OK? Bednarek and Lianko can probably do a job there. Um, and the way the Wolves are playing right now, they don't seem to have much in the way of the goal threat. That partnership of Bednarek and Salisu needs to play there, I guess. Uh, and then we're looking at a trip to Stamford Bridge as we hit October. But then it's the international break. So you, you, you'd hope that depth shouldn't be an issue unless we get, you know, any more injuries or suspensions. I think we'll be fine for it. And th- but this is me trying to be optimistic because, you know, we'll probably get Lianko sent off and Bednarik will have a muscle problem and we'll have to play Prousey at centre-back against Wolves or something. But Get, get <laughs> holed up in some COVID slammer somewhere on international duty. Yeah, this is it. I, I, I was trying to be optimistic and then it, the wheels started to fall off straight away. But yeah. So, yeah, expect the worst and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, that's my life motto. Uh, St Mary's hosted England's women's side in a, well, it's a one-sided World Cup qualifier against North Macedonia. Did you see this, Kev? I didn't watch it, no. Um, no I but I did watch. see the result. You're not tempted to, to go? Tuesday night. Well, I work Wednesday midnight, so no, I was not tempted in the slightest. Yeah, fair enough. Lone watch then, Kev. I know you're you're excited about this. It's becoming my... um. My best segment of the news, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, best is in your best suited to giving the doom report. <laughs> we should change the name of it, yeah. Kane Ramsey, his crew side, they won. They won 2-0 at home to Burton. It was a oh, much, God. much needed victory. No, seriously. Uh, and Ramsey played all 90 minutes and did not, repeat, did not pick up a booking. So a nice, comfortable afternoon for him. And they have moved out of the relegation zone into 21st. Um, nosebleed heights. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, elsewhere, Lincoln, Dan and Lundaloo, Uh They drew 1-1 at home to Rotherham on Tuesday night. Um, and Lundaloo was on the bench again and played no part. Uh, and yesterday... Home to Ipswich, lost 1-0, named on the bench again, uh, but he came on with nine minutes to spare, and they are 17th in the League One table. Um, I, I, I hear that the Lincoln manager is under threat of losing his job. He needs to play in Lindeley more then, doesn't he? <laughs> wasn't really working out for him at the beginning of the season, though, was it? <laughs> no, no, that's true. Um well, he was injured quite a bit at the start, so he wasn't he wasn't involved in their early matches. Uh, where else are we? Crawley and Will Ferry. Um, away to Colchester United and a 1-0 win. Uh, Will Ferry played the whole game and he got the assist for the Jack Payne goal. However, he did pick up a booking, but they, those three points have moved Crawley up to 14th. Everything on the up then, Kevin. 
Yeah, sweet. Except Lincoln and the B side. <laughs> the B team then uh, lost their opening group stage game against League Two's Leighton Orient. Only a slender 1-0, but it's a loss. But today they are playing Burnley in the Premier League Two. Um, and that's a two o'clock kickoff. And that's free entry. I know by the time you're listening to this, the match would have already happened. So, But yeah, free entry at St Mary's today. So you could say they're the freebies. <laughs> That's very good. Um, the women's side, um, they're on their international break at the moment, as you know, but uh, they did play last week in the National League Cup against Cheltenham Town, um, and they won again. They won 3-2. They conceded two goals, though. How dare they? Uh, but they came back from a goal down to, to go 3-1 up, and then they conceded a consolation in the last minute. Uh, goals from Lucia Kendall, Georgie Freeland, and Sophia Faroa. Uh, next up is a return to league action against London Bees. At the Snow Stadium on Sunday the 26th. That's next Sunday. Uh, that's 2pm kickoff, of course. Um, and that is it from me. This is Klaus Lundekvam, and you are listening to In That Number. OK, then. Manchester City, yesterday. Nil-nil. Uh, Fantastic result. Just first and foremost, brilliant. And City have a great record against us, don't they? Eight wins in the last nine not this time, you know, nil-nil, a point, a valuable point. One that not many teams will be getting this year at the Etihad. Um, and another clean sheet for us. Another solid defensive display, despite Jack Stevens going off, or going off injured. How City just one shot on target at the Etihad. That stat cannot be underestimated. That was brilliant. Ask any team in the world and they'll say the same. That's a fantastic job. I mean, if, if you look at all their home games they've had this season, they had a 5-0 win over Norwich a 5-0 win over Arsenal, and a 6-3 win over Leipzig in the Champions League. Uh, They scored 21 goals in the last four games at the Etihad. 13 different scorers. You know, a further reminder of their dominance there. Uh, And also, you know, 5-2 in this same fixture last season we lost. But 0-0, just let that sink in. Yeah, again. Yeah, (laughs) again. Uh, Blocks, tackles, interceptions, doing all the things that uh, no team has done so far this season. So... Great strategies, great selections, great job by Ralph and, and the whole team, I think. Certainly, yeah. I mean, he's kind of living by his mantra that, you know, we, we don't lose, we either win or we learn. Uh, he, he's learning, finally. He's, like, changing his strategy between games and even within games. This is what we've been waiting for. Him. Uh, what we've been waiting for from him. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I've got no complaints with him with him uh, absolutely none at all apart from maybe at the start of the game with the starters um three changes Bednarik uh, KWP and Adams in Salisu Pero and Gineppo on the bench yeah I mean they were three of the best performers from last week and for them to be left out it, it, it is quite strange I mean I was expecting changes but maybe not those ones and the fact that he sticks with Redmond no matter what the cost that Kind of bugs me, but again, we, we've really been proven wrong here again, haven't we? Salisu did get on the pitch uh, because of Stevens' injury and Burrow was um, subbed fairly late on. So, yeah, Che back in uh, does suggest that he's not out of favour. He was just resting him after the international break. So. Well, possibly not not right for the West Ham game because I think Ralph has said in his in his pre- in his uh, presses that you know he, he's selecting these players, whether not because they're you know in bad form or. 
or anything. It's just that whatever suits the game. I mean, I'm not quite sure what what's in his mind for the Man City game to, to think that Redmond deserves that start. But you can't, like you said, you can't argue against it. Yeah, Pep kind of expects to face Redmond when he plays things, doesn't he? He does love Redmond, doesn't he? Incidentally, uh, James Ward-Prowse is making his 100th consecutive Premier League appearance. Fuck it out. Yeah, it's a way off of Brad Friedel's 310. But, you know, for an outfield player, Frank Lampard still has it with 164. So this season and next, should be able to catch that. It's doable. Yeah, just stay fit, mate. Stay fit and healthy, yeah. Yes, so the game then, we, we all expected a loss, didn't we? And, and probably quite a big one, it's fair to say. Um, despite my typo and my predictions on the Instagram, I had us going uh, 3-0 against City for a win. But um, I obviously meant 3-0 City. But Kev, start us off. Like, How on earth did we keep City to one shot on target? It's just a, a Ralph masterclass, really, isn't it? I mean, there's not really much... Uh, nothing really much happened in, in that in that first half. Gundogan had a couple of uh, attempts. Mac kind of smothered one, and um, the other one just skies it over, heads it. That's right. Uh, terrible header. Um, Bednarik getting into some really tasty situations, blocking crosses here and there. And uh, um, I don't know whether it was his intention, like where but Jesus takes that shot. And Bednarik's there to block it again. I don't know if it's just his head got in the way of it or if he was heading it away. <laughs> he fell to the ground <laughs> like a sucker ship. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, causing trouble. I mean, it, we, we don't expect necessarily a 4 2 2 2 anymore. And for, you know, most of the first half, it didn't really look like a 4 2 2 2. It was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot. I mean, we normally play quite compact anyway, but we're even more compact and player there. Um, just in that centre defensive hole, really kept City at bay. I mean, the Maka didn't really have anything to do in that first half. I mean, yeah, like I said, that that really poor shot at the beginning, um, that was about it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't all City, was it? Like you said, I mean, we had some, oh, we had some attacking threat. I mean, if we had made the right decisions at the right time, it could have been, you know, an even better day for us. You know, Red Redmond's not pulling the trigger early yeah. enough, not picking out the right pass, whatever, you know. Elianusi took a shot, but, you know, not making good enough contact with it. So there were moments where we, we could have actually caused them problems up front. Yeah, and it was a dangerous game we were playing. You know, we were playing a, a high line for a lot, lot of the match. Um, just to, to kind of, again, to restrict City as much as possible, which is dangerous. We saw at the beginning of last season um, how much we could fuck it up if, uh, on the break when we were playing Tottenham and had Son and Kane just... Um, run us rackets, but City didn't really seem up for it at all. No, and, and we were disciplined at the back again. I mean, something that, that Ralph has worked on clearly uh, as a main plan for the week. I mean, you, you would against City, wouldn't you? Just, you know, keep shape at the back. Um, but we had the pace and we had the numbers on the counter, which was really, really pleasing. And we continued to win the ball high up the field. Like you said, it was a high line and we were doing that. We were winning the ball high up the field. A lot of pressure. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's a fine balance you need to have there, isn't there? Because you, you can't sit back behind the ball at the Etihad for 90 minutes and hope that you're not going to concede without going on the attack as well. But we, we kind of did both. Not a lot, but it didn't need to be. And the main, the main talking point, Kev, uh, I don't think there's many, many people split on this one. I mean, Kyle Walker twatting around with it, uh, <laughs> dispossessed by Redmond. Redmond to Adam Armstrong. Uh, Walker didn't play the ball. He's took Armstrong out. Penalty, red card. 
Uh, Martin Atkinson looks at it on VAR, suggests that uh, Jonathan Moss goes and takes another look. Decision, no penalty, no red card. No, I'm convinced he wasn't checking the footage. He was checking his bank account, surely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I mean, Kev, I know it's difficult, but try and explain what's happened here, because big decision to overturn here. Um, and there was a denial of a shooting attempt from Armstrong, for sure. It's absolutely mental. I mean, first of all, applauders to Redmond. Um, yeah, he, again, had his usual frustrating performance. But with him there with that pressure, um, being so confident and quick thinking to put Armstrong through, uh, yeah, fair play to him there. And Armstrong, yeah, I mean... he dribbles it through, he's, he's basically put himself one-on-one with the keeper because he's already in front of the defence. And, and Walker just yeah charges him from behind and ploughs him down. I don't I see how that's not a penalty, why there's any debate at all. He, he gives the penalty, uh, he sends off Kyle Walker, um, but... And I understand that there's a double jeopardy rule, right? If you're given a penalty, you shouldn't really be sending off the defender unless it was, you know, some sort of violent conduct. But instead of rescinding either of them, we end up with with nothing. And I don't see any reason. I haven't heard any adequate explanation for why it went to the AR and what they were looking for and what they found uh, eventually. Uh, Maybe you're right. I mean... Maybe John Moss was looking at something else, like they were, he had, you know, compromising video footage of him. I said, oh, right, okay, I get it. Thank you, uh, Sheikh Mansour, uh, for reminding me. Uh, absolutely baffling. Yeah, I mean, I was convinced he'd overturn the red, but keep the decision of the penalty, and I'd have been okay with that. But yeah. there's a, the VAR ruling, right? The official VAR rule. VAR can be used to overturn a subjective decision if a clear and obvious error has been identified. Was it clear and obvious? Well, clearly not, because, you know, it's always going to be... It wasn't even an error. (laughs) No, exactly. But people people are still split on this decision. But for me, it's a foul. He's denied Armstrong a chance. He hasn't got anywhere near the ball. Anywhere else on the pitch, and it's a free kick, no doubt. If it had been the other way around, if it had been a Man City attack, that's a penalty straight away. He would have given it. I'm not even convinced that he would have take, taken a look at VAR. It would have been a penalty, red card, boom. That's what you expect. Red card probably would have been a bit harsh too. But the rule also states about, you know, the die of a goal-scoring opportunity. It wasn't violent conduct, the double jeopardy thing. But yeah, I was convinced that maybe they overturned that red, but it'll keep the decision of the penalty. But I'm, yeah, I, I'm confused. And the more and more I see it, the more I've, I've thought that's a penalty. I was trying to keep a clear head during the game that, I can see why it was given, why the penalty was, you know, taken away. But, you know, now I've had time to think about it and I've looked at it again and again and again. I've looked at multiple angles. It, it's a stonewall penalty, isn't it? No, it's, it's not even stonewall. It's iron fucking curtain penalty. That one. <laughs> it, absolutely. Um, and I don't, I mean, I, I've seen on Twitter that someone said, why is it that the referees don't have to do press ma- uh, pre- post-match interviews? Why can't we get Jonathan Moss to explain himself, like why, why he's overturned that? Yeah, I mean, it's not, not even interviews, just a you know, little presser where he gives a speech and says, like, this is what I saw and, and, and that. Or even um, listening in on what the communication is between Stockley Park and the referees. At least we know what their thought process is. I'm but, not sure um, Martin Atkinson had an opinion on it anyway, because he's handed it over and said, that, I mean, I, I guess this, this is what you were saying, um, which is your kind of like your main gripe with VAR is like, let the referee have another look at it and let him make the decision. 
they've done that. Martin Atkinson's done that. But why didn't he just say, no, look, look I've seen that. That's that's a penalty. I was, I was thinking if it was Mike Dean, what would he have done? Because he loves to stick with his original decision. But he also loves to Excellent. fuck up Saints. Yeah. He would be between two minds, wouldn't he? That's very interesting, yeah. Um, but VAR was, was in action again. Uh, Sterling had the ball in the net. You know, Foden free had a fantastic save from Maka, by the way. Yeah. Um, rebound comes straight to Sterling and he pokes it home. Offside, easy decision, right? VAR checked it again. It took me 10 seconds to see that. You've got a feel for people in the stadium when the, you know, the, the flag goes up pretty much instantly because it's, you know, gone in the net. Yeah, why do they have to take their time about it? Yeah, I don't know, but it was the right decision. Um, I, I mentioned last week, Kev, about McCarthy having, uh, you know, about how little he had to do. Uh, same again here, really, because... Even less than that. Yeah, but he did make that great save on the Foden header, and other than that, it, it was as perfect as you'd like it. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, full credit to the team for not falling apart after that decision against us with half an hour to play. Stayed into the match. Yeah, not not really much going for us in, in, in the way of attacks towards the end, but kept them at bay completely successful. Yeah, and, and I want to talk about Bednarik as well, making his first start. He comes on in difficult circumstances as well. I can only imagine he was a bit confused, as, as we were, when you know Ralph pulled in one side and said, look, I'm going to start you against City. And he thought, fucking okay, hell. <laughs> but it was a great performance, I thought, you know. Two tackles, four interceptions, three blocks. I mean, you mentioned his blocks um, against Jesus. Jesus had a 0.3 xG, and Sterling was 0.2, and uh, Grealish was nothing. That's got to be the lowest of this season, surely. Yeah, and Kyle Walker-Peters too um, helped keep Jesus very quiet, and he's in an unnatural position. Um, but it wasn't just the defensive displays from him because he had the most carries and the most passes in the game as well. So that whole back four, I think they need a pat on the back. Okay, Livermento had a bit of a tough time with Grealish, but I mean, who doesn't? You think he had a tough time? I, I think so. I, I think it was his worst. I'm not going to say a worst performance, because that makes him sound like he was poor because he wasn't. But I think it was his um, it was his most difficult opponent to come up against for sure. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Cause I think and he it, was you know, he, he was taken off as well. Yeah, and which is what I would would hope to expect uh, that you know he's not going to be able to play ninety minutes, you know, week in week out, but. Yeah, Grealish not the easiest uh, player to come up against, but um, I thought at times he did very well getting past him. Okay, well, well as I say, that that might might have been a bit harsh, but I'm just saying I, I think it probably was his worst performance because he wasn't allowed to express himself as much as he has. Well, it depends on the opponent, doesn't it? Exactly, but yeah, a, a, a nice job from the whole back four, really. Um, and I want to discuss Redmond, kind of a mixed bag because he's still making those wrong decisions in the final third. You know, and if 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 he only had that in his locker more, more consistently, then he'd be in the side all the time. I'm sure of it. But he didn't really do a whole lot wrong besides that, and a lot of questions over him starting over Gineppo, like we've said. But but Ralph suggested it, it was better fitted for this game. Okay, but there's lots of people on Twitter after the game that are full of praise for him yesterday. But I mean, how how did you see his performance? I mean, I just thought it was his usual frustrating performance, and yeah, the com- confusion with me is um what Ralph sees in those performances that makes him start him week after week. Um, and not to sub him off either. He plays 90 minutes every week. I mean, the He did against West Ham as well, didn't he? He probably didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve it, uh, yeah, at all. Uh, <clears throat> I think I'd be putting him, putting more focus on the cup game because he does tend to perform a lot better in the cup. 
Um, but yeah, it was uh, Jermaine Genus and Cole on match of the day, uh, putting it out quite well. They made it look really, really simple in their analysis that he's just lacking that little last pass and, and the quick thinking to, you know, put the ball through when the, when Che or Armstrong make the run behind. He just seems to miss them as if they Yeah, I saw there. that, yeah. Hmm. And yeah, that, that's a very astute analysis. I didn't realise just quite how many times that happened in, in that match. Um, yeah. Or in well, I mean, Gineppo is the same with that as well, because Gineppo probably would have, wouldn't have made that pass. He would have just run, run into trouble with it. But... But I thought he was better for that against West Ham. That, yeah, he, he was at least um, trying to get a cross off before he ended up in the side netting. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm like you with Redmond. I, I felt... I, I mean, there was a lot of people saying, Let, let's give credit to, to Nathan Redmond here, but I don't see what he did that stood out massively. Apart from that, you know, that, that pressing that he did high up and, and you know, won yeah. the ball off of Kyle Walker. They, they, it was just a normal performance from him. And that, that's, that's the way I see it. Um, yeah, maybe we'd forgive him for that if that had led to us scoring a penalty and winning the match. But well, it should have, yeah. I don't definitely. Think- He's not the architect, really, of the of the victory. I'd say. Was he? Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a victory, man. Well, yeah, <laughs> winning a point is still a victory of sorts, isn't it? It's a moral victory, yeah. Yeah. The main stat, right? I'm going to bring it up again. 16 shots, but only one on target. Uh, we had 10 shots with, with two on target. Well, that's amazing. I I I just think it's incredible. Um, but do you have any more stats that you want to mention? Well, you mentioned that. Did you know that that's the first time in five years that uh, City have had one shot on target? I did not. Yeah, the last one was Stoke in 2017. Stoke? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Mark Hughes, the School of Excellence. Wow, that's a stat. That's brilliant. I didn't know that. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's got to go when when it's a nil-nil draw against a a strong City side. You definitely go look at the the defensive line and we had the... I suppose you have five or six players to look at. Um, the unfortunately, uh, Jack Stevens, so limped off. Um, but I thought Romelu, and he's had his critics recently, he was much more effective in that central defensive role. And, uh, yeah, Liv Romento and Kyle Walker Peters, who's, you know, been out of the limelight, seemingly out of favour because Liv Romento has just been so good. Um, he stepped up well. And um, yeah, that 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 high line really worked. But yeah, it's, I think it's got to be a, a, a between the choice of the centre back pairings, and uh, I think Jan Bednarik definitely for a player who hasn't really played this season. Um, yeah, he was fantastic. He said they he leads in all those strats for the, the blocks and uh, blocks and interceptions. Yeah, yeah blocks and interceptions, all that. Tackles, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, um, he was definitely good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to to Yannick. Fair play to. Okay, that's good because, I mean, you wouldn't be wrong if you selected a defender because you know they've all put a shift in, didn't they? And I I did say that you know Livermento had a tricky afternoon, but I'm being probably too harsh on him because he you know he he has come up against Jack Grealish, but but for me I'm going to give it to Romeo because I thought he was everywhere. Uh, doing everything he could for the cause. He was just, I just think he was fantastic. And Pep said after the game, you know, he's one of the best midfielders in the league. And the balls the balls he won in the middle were, were, were crucial um, to this point. So I think, yeah, I'm going to give it to Oriol Romeu. Uh, a great, great performance. Like you said, he's been having some criticism, which I couldn't quite understand because before this game, 
I heard some. I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to name drop, but somebody said that um, is it time for Diallo to come in instead of Romeo? But I, I think that's been shut uh, up right away. So Romeo, no, I mean, what we've seen of Diallo um, this season hasn't been that encouraging, has it? Not as Romeo. No, definitely not. I didn't. Um, I didn't. Didn't hear Pep say that. I mean, he does love his hyperbole, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, well, he, lo- he loves his ex players as well actually played from under Barcelona don't forget and they're both Spanish so yeah maybe he's just praising his ex-players um that moves us well I say it moves us we're 15th on four points uh four draws and a loss still waiting for that first win of course but we're not scoring a lot either but you know we're percolating I think and you know this is I think the win is imminent and (laughs) having said that we're probably going to finish on 37 points now aren't we just draw every match yeah 15th in the table like with the performances that we've been putting, doesn't that sound a bit, seem a bit harsh? It does seem a bit harsh, but I mean, look at the play, look at the teams we played. We played both Manchester clubs who were arguably going for the title, and we've we've taken two points off of them. We played some hard games, and we've got some. We're have some better games to come up, and it, it's it's hard to say because one of our opponents next is, is Wolves, and and they're just below us, and they they've only you know they've lost four out of five. Yeah, I think that's going to be you know, one of one of those must-win games. Well, considering who we've got after that, I agree with you. Yeah. But look, so we've played played three of the top five. That's right. And Newcastle. Yep. And we've lost to Everton. Didn't we? But yeah, so but Everton are fifth, City are fourth. Uh, sorry, City are second, uh, United are third. It will come back round. I'm sure yeah, of definitely. It. I'm looking at um, Norwich's start to the season. Um, they're probably one of the teams who had a, a worse run in than us and um yeah they've taken it a lot worse than we have. Yeah five lot five losses in a row. Dean Hammond's here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. Okay then Kevin. Uh we don't have Tim this week. He's uh unable to join us. He's got work commitments so apologies for that. So this is just me and you and we look ahead to next week's game against Sheffield United in the Carabao Cup third round Tuesday the 21st of September at 7.45 nickname of Sheffield United Kevin Blades the Blades right uh, famous fans um, I think all the Sheffield people I can think of they're all Wednesday fans Pulp they're, are they Wednesday fans aren't they uh, yeah oh, shit. You can give me some clues I'll, uh, uh, actor uh, actually starred as a football player in a film for Sheffield United. He does the Yorkshire Tea adverts. Sean Bean, the bastard. He was, yeah. <laughs> is, he, is he in um, Game of Thrones? He is in Game of Thrones, the first series, yeah. They close that off. Spoiler. Uh, um, um, I, I don't think... I don't know if... He, yeah, he does say bastard, because um, Jon Snow. Jon Snow, you bastard. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, Sean Bean. Uh, I've got four more famous fans here, if you want to have a stab at them. Yeah. Um, give me their professions. Uh, we got uh, an athlete, uh, a heptathlete. <laughs> Just tell me. Uh, Jessica Ennis Hill. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, wrestler? No, you're not going to get that. The Mick Rock. Foley. Mick Foley, apparently. Uh, the, or, or Mankind, if that's what. The that's fuck what you, you being Foley? <laughs> no, not Axel Foley. Mick Foley. Uh, England's cricket captain? Cook. No, not any. <laughs> Cook retired years ago, mate. Jeez. Uh, did... Oh, you mean the current one? Um... Yeah, yeah. Root. Yep, Joe Root. Well done. And another one, uh, uh, Monty Python, um, uh, Around the World program. Um, Taylor. 
Yeah, Michael Palin. Well done. So, yeah, Sean Bean, Jessica Ernest Hill, uh, Jessica Ernest Hill, Mick Foley, Joe Root and Michael Palin. That is what I've got. No one gives a fuck by this point. I think. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck. We'll talk about the game anyway. Uh, disappointing last year, of course, for Sheffield United, Kevin. I finished bottom of the league, relegated. Uh, and they're not faring too well in the championship, surprisingly. Well, I mean, not, not as well as, as hoped, but starting to pick things up a bit. Uh, going strong in the Carabao Cup, of course, first two rounds. Uh, only managed their first win of the campaign uh, last weekend. And, and that was a 6-2 thumping of Peterborough. Um, away to Hull yesterday, and they won 3-1. Uh, they were in a lowly 19th, but they've moved up to 15th uh, and starting to find the net more. Uh, this isn't going to be as easy as we first hoped when the draw was made, I don't think, Kevin. Um, is it going to be as easy as it was for us last season? I mean, how, how many of the players have they managed to hang on to from last season? Jag Jelka was, was released, Lundström released. Lundström uh, was released, was he? Yeah, Ramsdale to Arsenal, of course. But yeah, that's about it, really, to be honest. Yeah, they've got a couple of players that have come in on loan, isn't it? As uh, Morgan Gibbs-White from... Um, uh, from Wolves, and they got Connor Hurahan from Villa. Um, Robin Olsen from Roma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just that. Yeah, um, I didn't realise they lost uh, Lundstrom to Rangers. He's say better than Ben Davies from Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, uh, but not very in the ways of transfers and coming in. There's not really anyone uh, to to write home about. Um, but yeah, they for some reason they've struggled, but. I this is a cup game, right? This is this is anything. And we're, we're going to see a, a weakened side from us, definitely. But they're going to go for it, right? Because, they're, you know, they're at home. It's Tuesday night under the lights. They're, they're going to want this. They're going to want to progress. I mean, as I say, they're finding the net a little bit more now. Yeah, Benny Michelle. <laughs> 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 Ollie McBurney or Dave, Dave McGoldrick. Yeah, um, they, they're going to want to score. Aren't they? It's written in the script. Sharp comes off the bench for a last minute winner. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> I'm never right, mate. If Tim said it, I'd be worried. <laughs> well, well, we'll move on to predictions then. Yes, let's. Um, I'm going to take a 2 0 Saints win. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take 2 0. Despite what I said uh, earlier, I am too. You're going to take 2 0? Yeah, that's what I got written down. And um, just so I don't have any regrets, that's what I, what I do. Do stick, stick with what I said. Okay. Um, and Tim is also going for a 2-0. Uh, and Alex is going for a 2-1. Mm. So there we are. We've got three 2-0s and Alex has got a 2-1. That's correct, yes. Yeah, uh, and the wives. Uh, <laughs> Gemma is going for a 2-0 Saints win also. 0-0 it is. That. <laughs> yeah, Marina's going for also for a 2-0 Saints win. Wow, lots of 2-0 lots of Saints. Score de jeu, yeah. Yeah, and Abby is going for a 2-1 Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Caitlin is going for a 2-0 Saints. <laughs> so zero points for everybody next. Okay, and our next opponents next Sunday, Wolves. Uh, nickname, Kev? <laughs> Portuguese national team. Yeah, oh, I suppose, I suppose. But yeah, Wolves, obviously. Uh, that's Sunday, the 26th of September, 2 p.m. kickoff. That is live on Sky Sports, and that is at St. Mary's, if you didn't know. Uh, famous fans, Kev? I know you, I know you love it. I, I, I got Mel another. Gibson. Is he? <laughs> I don't know. Are you thinking of Dances with Wolves? That was Kevin, <laughs> yeah. that was Kevin Costner. But... <laughs> uh, I should do every podcast. I um, yeah. Another um, Monty Python? Um, Eric Idle. 
Yes. <laughs> well done. Well, you've got those right. Um, a singer, a soul singer. Uh, Bill Withers. No, female, quite prominent in the in the nineties. In the nineties. Um. <laughs> uh, Bev- Beverly Knight, Kev. Beverly Knight. Oh. She's actually from Wolverhampton. Uh, Led Zeppelin frontman. Yeah, Robert Plant is it is a Wolves fan. Um, and the composer on the twenty pound note, Kevin. Oh, Elgar. Edward Elgar. Yes. Not from anymore, though, is it? From well, no, he was on the twenty pound note. But he, yeah, he'll always be a composer. That's true. He's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin. So Nuno out, Bruno in. Still keeping that Portuguese feel to the club. Uh, a couple of more Portuguese players in too. Uh, truth is, Kev, I mean, I don't think many of us really know what to expect from Wolves this season with, with you know, the, the, the new manager coming in. And they've lost, they lost their opening three games, 1-0. So no, no goal scored there. But then they had some relief of a 2-0 win at Watford last week. And then they lost yesterday at home to Brentford, 2-0. It's not looking good for them, is it? They're... They're 16th at the moment. They've had one win and four losses. They are still below us because of that, that one win. Where, where, what do you think of Wolves this season? Because they've been dire, haven't they? They've been boring to watch. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I had Wolves and Palace uh, to, to go down. I think I ended up saying something different, though. Yeah, I don't think you went Wolves going down. No, I just looked at the teams that... Um, yeah, with a managerial change that could go wrong. And I think, you know, looking at what Hodgson had built at Palace and then him leaving and uh, what Nuno had done at Wolves and him leaving, is that they're, they're big boots to fill and the wheels are really starting to fall off at the tail end of last season. That's true. And there was also talk about um, Adama Traore following Nuno to, to Spurs, which would have been even worse. But he managed to keep hold of him at the moment, anyway, but there's always there's always January still to go. But you know, if they can't keep hold of their players as well, new manager coming in, it, it's it's difficult, isn't it? As I say, this season has been that they've been the most disappointing team for me. Yeah, I mean, it's after a few seasons, the the kind of wave of euphoria of being back in the league um, goes, and the um, malaise can start to set in. I mean. You see it so often. I mean, Sheffield United most most recently um, they had a brilliant first season and then just yeah fell back down again. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe Wolves will will go down this season, but I don't know. It's, if they will. I'm it's not... it's so early at the moment to say anything. Yeah, and, and say so the players that they've had coming in, they've got that um, Jose Sarr in goal from Olympiacos and. I mean, other than that, they they got eight Nori. They've man, managed to get that deal done on a permanent. Um, they brought in Trincao from Barcelona on loan, and the, the Korean striker from Leipzig, Huang Hee Chan. Yeah, and other than that, they've not really done a lot of business, have they? And a lot of players have been loaned out. They've, the list just, it just goes on and on and on. Um, and they transfers out. Rui Patricio is going to be a big loss. So if you lose a player like that in goal. And, you know, a new manager coming in. And Raul Jimenez, we don't really... I mean, yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, but he, he whipped off his... his um pants. Head, you know, <laughs> his pants, yeah, no. His head protector thing. Um, and Bruno Large said in, in, in the uh, post-match interview that it was kind of, like, distracting. He can't get up and, and head the ball as much as he used to. Can't turn as, as quick as he used to. And, you know, maybe that's that's something. But 
he hasn't been the same since that skull fracture and well rightly so <clears throat> but I don't know I don't know what Wolves fans are, are, are feeling right now and but I have no doubt that they're going to look at this game and they're going to think that they can win this you think oh, of course they are they're, they're going to look at Saints as, as one of the weaker sides in the league or they were not no, that's true. But I know they've got to look at it and think that they, you know, if they're going to be picking up some sort of points, it's going to be against a team like Saints. Um, so I'm guessing that you lot are going to predict a Saints win, and I'm, you know, I'm really having to talk myself into it because I'm thinking one-one. Mm. But Wolves aren't scoring at the moment. We're not scoring at the moment. We have to be favourites. But this is the sort of fixture, Kevin, that we fuck up. And <laughs> yes, you know it. it, you know it's so true. This is the sort of thing that, I mean, Saints could be on a, on a, on a run of like five or six wins and then they'll go and play Wolves and they'll lose or that, you know, or they'll just, they'll fuck up somehow. So I'm going to stick with my 1-1. That might be negative, but yeah, I'm going to go 1-1. Sorry to say. Wow. So a lot of draws. <laughs> Back to that five in a row. This is the, the easy fixture that we should be getting our first win in, right? But as, as you quite rightly pointed out, although yeah, at home we tend to be a lot better than at Molyneux, uh, it's still... Well, I mean, I still remember when we were 2-0 up at half-time and we beat 3-2, yeah. That is a different Wolves side now. I don't see uh, much them as much of a threat. Um, probably means I'm going to be proven wrong. <laughs> but still, I'm going to go also for a 2-0 win. I'm just looking at their, their side here. I, I don't see where the goals are coming from. Uh, Tim is going for a 2-1 Saints victory. Alex uh, has said uh, if Wolves play like they did yesterday, then um, I think we could have them 2-0. So Alex is going 2-0 Wolves. 2-0 uh, Saints. Jesus. <laughs> All right. uh, the wives then. Uh, Gemma is going 0-0. She is Thoroughly disgusted with herself, by the way, I just want to add, because she always goes nil-nil. She didn't go nil-nil yeah. for West Ham, and it was nil-nil. And she went 3-0 to City, and of course it was nil-nil. So she has just said to me, fuck it, I'm going nil-nil for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she's, she's putting nil-nil. And to be fair, you know, Saints aren't scoring at the moment. Wolves aren't scoring at the moment. This has got nil-nil written all over it, isn't it? So I, I, I kind of side with her. But yeah, she's going nil-nil. If we can keep that many clean sheets to the end of the season, um, I think we'll be champions. Um, did I say that Marina's has gone 2 0 Saints? No, you did not. Marina's gone 2 0 Saints. <laughs> okay, Abby's going 1 1. She's joining me in that. Um, and Caitlin is going for a 1 0 Saints victory. Okay, so that makes no one's gone for a Wolves win. Hi, I'm Matt Tissier. Thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, then, we are at extra time. Uh, we, we start with the predictions and, and Man City. I went for a 3 0 City win. You went for a 2 0 City win. Tim went for a 3 1 City win. Alex went for a 2 0 City win. So, of course, no one scores any points again for the second week in a row. So, all points remain the same. Nine to me, nine to you, Kev. Tim's on six, and Alex still on two. Uh, wife Wars, Kevin. I'll cut a long story short and say it's the same deal for the wives that no one predicted a draw and the scores are as they were last week. Marina on nine, Chip on eight, Abby on six, and Caitlin on eight. No. <laughs> Caitlin's on Shut. four. She's on four. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Not good then. And also not good was my super six. But I, I mean, I'm sure that I put these 
results in, all my picks in, but it never went through. So I scored no points. I've gone from third this week in our league to 21st. Um, yeah, sick, sick with it. Uh, round eight was won by Lee Davy with 18 points. That left the overall lead, Colin Carter still with 79. Uh, round nine yesterday was won by Ben Wyatt on 13. Nice one, Ben. Uh, overall, Colin Carter still with 85 points. Me, as I say, 21st, 52 points. What a crock of shit. Uh, fantasy football, please tell me it was better. Um, sorry, I can't read. Before the Man United West End game kicked off, I believe I was doing okay. As, in terms of the Podders League, I think I was top of that this week with 64 points. So I think I've done all right. Well, you're not top now. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean I was top of the league. I just meant I was top of the, the week. Ah, ah, okay. Well, that might be true. Uh, you've got your best performance in September so far. So you, you could get that uh, manager of the month trophy, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see. Uh, Salah, captain, yeah, I went for the same. Uh, uh, Diaz Antonio, yeah, I can't, I can't believe I sold him. I didn't believe the hype. I would believe the hype. Well, no, with Tony, I didn't believe the hype, and then, oh shit, no, the other way around. I believed the hype, and then I uh, didn't believe in the hype, and now now he's actually scored again. Mm. Um, I don't know. To be, if it he's, makes you feel any better, I was thinking about taking him out. Yeah, he's not a bad cheap option at all. To no, honest. exactly, he's going to score goals, isn't he? When I saw they were playing Wolves, I thought, yeah, you know what, I'll mm. stick him in. It's very good foresight, 68 points so far. Um, let's take a look at the big league though. Um, I don't think yeah Freddie's top it's Fred, Fred is basically between Freddie and Matt out of the podcasters but uh, let me unleash the big one oh guess who's top uh, Lucy Heinert yeah she is oh. she's back she's back everybody <laughs> beware crying oh, without she, Ings she's still crying yeah. she hasn't had the best of starts by her standards at all but um, she's, still, she's still top <laughs> She's got his Myla sign in that team, which is, um, yeah, again, a smart move. But um, all of the red defenders appear to be terrible. I mean, Arsenal, um, Liverpool, United. The top three is rounded off at the moment by uh, two teams that shouldn't be there. Aurelio Fives, Aston Villa, and uh, Chino Aurelio's Newcastle United. Is he just entering, like, all of the other Premier League teams that aren't Southampton into our league? Aurelio. I don't know. Who's that? Who's Is that, that sabotage our league? That's fine. If he's doing well, then we can all learn from him. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Russian phrase this week, Kevin? Yes. Uh, this week's Russian phrase is Svetia v Balshom Gorodja. Svetia v Balshom Gorodja. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Svetia v Balshom Gorodja, which means uh, saints in the city. That's I know good. the title of the show is uh, in, in English it's uh, sex and the city but in Russian it's sex in the city so there you go oh okay fine that's good uh, next week then uh, we'll, we'll take a look at, at both games against Sheffield United and Wolves uh, and we'll be previewing our opening fixture of October as we travel to Stamford Bridge and of course we'll look ahead to the rest of October and we'll have the details of player and goal of the month for September I just hope they fucking score some goals against Sheffield United and Wolves. Otherwise, we'll have no goal of the month to award. That would be devastating because we haven't scored in September yet. Just give it to Macca then, won't it? (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. Um, But I'm sure sure there's goals goals coming. Uh, But uh, until next week, up the Saints. Up the sexy Saints. Up the Saints.
upp med Southampton. Blow my whistle, bitch. Sports Social Podcast Network.